Good evening. All right, let's go ahead and open our Bibles first thing to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the first eight verses are very familiar to many of us. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. And I bet you'll never guess what I'm gonna talk about tonight. But the, the inspiration for this was uh, from Boys Brigade last year. One of our, one of our guys uh, was told to, to take a short time of our, our council ring um, he had to kind of bring a, a small piece from the word, and what he focused on was, was how we spend our time. And, and we, we heard the perspective from, uh, you know, from a young, uh, a young man to another young man. Um, and, and so I kind of, I liked what he, what he had started to say, and I, and I took what he had said, and, and I've tried to embellish and elaborate a little bit more. Uh, a quote from Albert Einstein, the only reason for time is so that everything doesn't happen at once. Um, I, I went to the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics just out of curiosity to just see how, how the average American spends their time. This, this had no, um, no leaning towards, towards Christianity. It was just uh, from their own research on the average American. They, they claimed that the average American over the age of 15 gets 8.8 .8 hours of sleep a night. And if we, if we assume eight hours at work or at school, the average commute time is, is one hour combined there and back. So, I mean, so far, some of us are, are underslept and overdriven, overworked, um, so, so you can kind of continue to compare yourself. Um, there, there was other research that, that they didn't put in that was under a miscellaneous category that I, I dug a little deeper into through other research. It's assumed that five hours of the average American are spent watching TV every day, an hour and a half preparing, preparing food, consuming it, and cleaning up, an hour cleaning house a day, 15 minutes of exercise a day, 45 minutes spent on hygiene and hair. And, and the most recent study, which this, there, were, there were multiple that, um, that focused on specific technology like our smartphone use and our tablets. Some surveys were as low as three hours a day, but the one that I took from, it said 5.4 hours on a phone a day for the average American out of a 2,000 person sample. Now you might think that um, all the young people are skewing it, but, but actually, the average for baby boomers was five hours and millennials was 5.7 and that brought it down to a 5.4 average. And if we're not including some of the other miscellaneous things like shopping and yard work, the time we spend at church, extracurricular activities and our parental duties, we're already at 31 and three quarter hours a day for the average American. So, 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 ho so hopefully you were, you were under the average in many of those, but we can see how uh, comparing our, ourself and the use of our time to, to everyone else is, is not going to uh, be fruitful in, um, in, in a you know, fair estimate of if we're spending our time like we should. For the use of phones, 10 years ago, the average was only 90 minutes a day. 
And so it's, it's more than doubled. Even if we took the, the lowest survey that I had read, from the one that said three hours, we've already doubled our time on phones. Now, obviously, there's several reasons for that. Nobody's using, uh, using Garmin navigation anymore. Everyone has it on their phone. A lot of people are turning to TV on their phones instead of through DirecTV and through cable. But, but regardless, we, we can see where a lot of our time is being spent. If from this same study, 5% of baby boomers said that they spent more than 12 hours on their phone in a day. And millennials, 13% said that they spent more than 12 hours. One out of three of these people in this, in this specific research were shocked by the number, that they, uh, number of time that they had spent. They had never calculated it. Two out of three, though, had no plans to change their habits. And 82% thought that they would have been below the national average. So again, a, another perspective that we have that we're not, we're not as bad as the next person, we're not, um, we're not wasting our time like, like other people do, um, but, but everyone else thinks the same thing. This study said that the average person checks their phone every 12 minutes. And something that we can do if, if, we, if we think we fall into that category of uh, just specifically wasting time on the phone, and there, there's plenty more we'll get into in a minute, but just focusing on this because of the, such a rapid rise in, in these devices, they have usage tracking apps that you can download. You can set limits. You can keep track of specifically what's, uh, what you're looking at, what you're doing. Um, there are also programs where you can have accountability with someone else, where, uh, where your, your email your, um, is sent, or an email is sent out to somebody else every web page you look at um, if the issue is not just a matter of, uh, of what you're doing, but maybe where you're, where you're wasting your time on your phone. Um, and then even on, most of you have an Apple product, and they have Apple Screen Time, which already tracks, your, uh, tracks the amount of time you use your phone. I, I know my, my truck tells me how long my engine's been idling. It tells me um, how, how many hours I've been, I've been driving. Something else, a, a study has come, has come out where they've linked the amount of screen time in youth to anxiety and depression. Obviously, this is, this is a, a, a new thing. You know, nobody's gone through their whole life with, with the device in their pocket, and so we're still starting to see uh, the effects of what it could be. Something else that comes about, which, which has earned itself an acronym, uh, FOMO, the fear of missing out, the time we spend on, on social media, the time we spend looking at all the greatest highlights of other people's lives, and we compare that to ourselves. You know, no one, or most people aren't, aren't posting you know, all the bad things that happen in their life. They're posting the things worth writing home about. And so when, we, when all we see is just the, the glamorous shots and the things that people are doing and we, we compare it to ourselves, we're left a little discontented. Uh, when, when Melanie and I walk through Disneyland, it's not uncommon to see, um, to see tablets strapped to strollers, you know, despite all the, all the distractions that Disneyland offers, um, just as a way to, uh, to babysit their kids. Um, I, I had heard a comedian, and I, I, don't, I don't know why, why he told this story, because it, it had no punchline. It, it had nothing to do with the rest of his bit, but I thought it was rather profound. He was talking about when he was growing up and how the, the phone was nothing but an irritation. Nobody wanted to answer the phone. You know, when, when the phone rang, it was, uh, I'm not getting it. You know, you get it. Or, or you just let it ring and we'll go to voicemail. We'll, we'll call him back if we need to. Um, and that, the reason of that was because it was always interrupting something more important. But now it seems that a lot of times our phone are the most important thing in our life. Um, when you look around, 
um, at, at restaurants and you see an entire family with their face in their phone, you go to um, you go to Red Robin, you go to Applebee's, Chili's, they've got these, these electronic devices for you to entertain yourselves because the company you're with isn't enough. Um, and we just continue to, to waste our time um, uh, on, on things that, that in and of themselves are not wrong. They can, they can be an excellent tool, they can be a great resource, but it's so easy unchecked to, to slip into um, wasting all of our valuable time that could be better spent for the Lord. Um, I'm going to read uh, an excerpt from a, a very, very popular author, one of my favorite books, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The, the Oompa Loompas sing this song about Mike TV. The most important thing we've learned so far as children are concerned is never, never, never let them near your television set, or better still, just don't install the idiotic thing at all. In almost every house we've seen, we've watched them gaping at the screen. They loll and slop and lounge about and stare until their eyes pop out. Last week in someone's place, we saw a dozen eyeballs on the floor. They sit and stare and stare and sit until they're hypnotized by it, until they're absolutely drunk with all that shocking, ghastly junk. Oh yes, we know it keeps them still. They don't climb out the windowsill. They never fight or kick or punch. They leave you free to cook the lunch and wash the dishes in the sink. But did you ever stop to think, to wonder just exactly what this does to your beloved Todd? It rots the senses in the head. It kills imagination dead. It clogs and clutters up the mind. It makes a child so dull and blind. He can no longer understand a fantasy, a fairyland. His brain becomes as soft as cheese. His powers of thinking rust and freeze. He cannot think, he only sees. All right, you'll cry. All right, you'll say. But if we take the set away, what shall we do to entertain our darling children? Please explain. We'll answer this by asking you what use the darling wants to do. How used they keep themselves contented before this monster was invented. Have you forgotten, don't you know? We'll say it very loud and slow. They used to read. They'd read and read and read and read and then proceed to read some more. Great Scott Gadzooks, one half their lives was reading books. The nursery shelves had books galore, books cluttered up the nursery floor, and in the bedroom, by the bed, more books were waiting to be read. Such wondrous, fine, fantastic tales of dragons, gypsies, queens, and whales, and treasure isles and distant shores where smugglers rode in muffled oars, and pirates wearing purple pants and sailing ships and elephants, and cannibals crouching round the pots, stirring away at something hot. It smells so good, what can it be? Good gracious, it's Penelope. The younger ones had Beatrix Potter with Mr. Todd, the Dirty Rotter and Squirrel nun Nunkin and Piglin Bland and Mrs. Tiggle Tigglywinkle and just how the camel got his hump. Don't worry, this, this will end. And how the monkey lost his rump. And Mr. Toad and bless my soul, there's Mr. Rat and Mr. Mole. Mr. Mole. Oh, books, what books they used to know, those children living long ago. So please, oh please, we beg, we pray. Go throw your TV set away and in its place you can install a lovely bookshelf on the wall. Then fill the shelves with lots of books, ignoring all the dirty looks, the screams and yells, the bites and kicks, the children hitting you with sticks. Fear not, because we promise you that in about a week or two of having nothing else to do, they'll now begin to feel the need to have something good to read. And once they start, oh boy, oh boy, you watch the slowly growing joy that fills their hearts. They'll grow so keen. They'll wonder what they'd, never, what they'd ever seen in that ridiculous machine, that nauseating, foul, unclean, repulsive television screen. And later, each and every kid will love you more for what you did. And this this doesn't this doesn't mean I don't I don't want to, to poke at anyone who um, you know who uses a TV. We use TV for the boys. Many of these things have uh, have opportunities for learning. Sometimes you, you you have to get something done, and and it's and sometimes it's the best and most advantageous form of, of entertainment for the time. Um, 
but, but what, what this is saying is there, there's something missing. And, and when they're not um, left to, to use their own minds and to, um, and, and to use their own time, and, and perhaps it's, it's not necessarily a matter of, of what the content they're watching, but maybe it's a matter of, of a little bit of, of selfishness from us as to what we would rather do. What, what we would rather spend our time doing and, and what we deem uh, more important than, uh, than investing the time in our children. Um, I think it's safe to say that we have enough time in our day to do everything that God wants us to do. And the question is just, is that how we're spending our time? Are we... Um, are we being an example of, of the time that we're spending? It's, it's said that you can tell a lot about someone on how they spend their time, and we can think also of how they spend their energy and how they spend their money. And just a few weeks ago, Rod was talking to us a lot about being a good steward of our money. In the same sense, um, I want to just have us ponder whether we're being a good steward of our time as well. Um, is, is what we're doing something that is... Uh, for, for recognition? Is it something that's just for ourselves? Is it something that's done with love? We've often heard about the seven deadly sins, pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and slothfulness, and, and not a single one uh, cares a bit about someone else other than perhaps maybe what they have or what they've done to you. Uh, when you think of pride, it's about you and your accomplishments and whether it's been hurt or not. Greed is just wanting more for yourself. Lust Envy, wanting of someone else. Wrath, what someone has done to you. Wrath doesn't, doesn't just come from nothing. Slothfulness, what you'd rather be doing than, than work itself. All of these things are about ourself. People will always make time for what their priorities are. Um, if, if, you're, if it's a friend, if it's a family member, if it's a, a romantic relationship, um, if, if you really want to see someone, spend time with someone, do something, you're going to make that effort. And you're going to um, very quickly give up the things that are the least important to you. And so when we look at a list of, of what someone's done in a day, in a week, in a month, or in a year, it should be very evident of, of where our passion is, where um, our love is, and where our desire is. And like I said, what is, what is the driving force of these things? In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Just at the very end, just the last half of 25 and 26. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. And, and I think of the, the cartoon image of uh, you know, someone, someone trying to fight someone else, and they're just holding their hand extended uh, uh, on their head at arm's length, and, and they're doing nothing but, but, but swinging and missing. Every ounce of their energy, every, um, every effort they're putting in is, is being, um, being spent on nothing uh, but air. And so we need to, to think about what, what we're doing. Is it worth our time? Is it worth our energy? Um, and what is the benefit of it? And just the chapter or two over, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you know, so, so often read from, from weddings, 
Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envies not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. And, and it might not be a matter of, of what we're doing with our time, you know, whether we're doing the right thing or not, but what also what is the intention that is behind it. Um, there's, there's no single answer as to uh, whether we are, are spending all of our time the right way, whether we have the right incentives or not. It's not anything that I can look and tell. Um, you, you, you might look like you're saying and doing all the right things and spending uh, in nothing but time here at the chapel, uh, but, but man only looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart. That is between, between you and he. And one thing I've thought about, and this isn't, this isn't some dogmatic piece of scripture, but um, trying to make an attempt to increase our time that, that we spend um, with, with the Lord. And that doesn't just mean in our day, because we, we can't extend the amount of time we have in our day. We either have to give of something else. Or one, one thing is, are we being good stewards of, of our body? Are we making sure that we have all the time on this earth that God wants us to have and, and ably doing what he has for us? Are we living for today with our mind on the future? Um, we often think, you know, if, if, this, if the Lord were to come today, you know, how would we spend our day? You know, obviously we wouldn't um, just go charge up our credit cards, you know, and, and leave, leave the debt for someone else. We're not talking about, you know, just the, if I was going to die today, this is what I do, you know. But the, the things that, that we do, we have to keep both in mind. We can't, like Rod said a few weeks ago, um, we can't always just sell all our possessions like Jesus asked and expect others to, to provide for us. We have our own responsibilities. And now there, there are some cases where, where it, it is called upon people to, you know, to go into full-time service and the Lord provides. And there's other times where if we're not responsible about it and if it is not a uh, direct will of the Lord for us to, to give up all our earthly possessions and, and just expect handouts in order to, to live the way we should, uh, that's, again, that's not a a cut and dry, you know, everyone is to, is to live in a tent under a bridge and, um, and just, just witness every day. Okay, that second part's not true. We are supposed to witness every day. Um, but you get my point. Uh, does, does a Christian get to say, I'm getting too old for this? And, and maybe some services, they can, but there's nothing in Scripture. There's not, Paul didn't write a, a letter to the geriatric. Um, if we look at Galatians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. You know, we, we don't get to just uh, work, work hard in the church for 30 years uh, and then retire from the work and collect spiritual social security on, on the, the work that we did in the past. Uh, you know, we don't get that, uh, that, that luxury. Um, 
like I said, we can't lengthen the hours in our day, but what, what are we doing? Do we have, do we have habits? Do we have um, attitudes that are going to, to shorten our days here on the earth? Um, are we being good stewards of our body? You know, the, the Bible says that our body is a temple. It doesn't say that it's a rented mule that we can just, just abuse and, and do with what we want and, and, and just expect to, well, you know, I'll, uh, I'll just go as hard as I can for as long as I can, and when my body peters out, then, you know, then I'll, I'll call it quits. I'll move into the home, and, and you'll never see me again. Um, if, if you think of, you know, if you think of the, the car you drive, you can't expect it to, uh, to, to never change the oil, to never rotate the tires, never fill it up with gas, and still expect it to run like the first day. There's effort that we need to put in to, 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 to this, this piece of machine that we each have in order to make sure that we are being effective for the Lord for as long as possible. Uh, you know, we think of the Christian life as, as a marathon and not as a sprint. Um, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not supposed to be lazy and hold back and then just, you know, give the push at the end, but we're supposed to have a consistent, um, strong effort the entire way through. And now, um, you know, what, what, are, what are some things, you know, we're, we're, if, if, uh, if you ask me, we're, we're given the formula for it in the book of Daniel, drink, eat veggies and drink water and, uh, and, and you'll look good. Um, the, the keto diet has been sweeping the chapel and, uh, and plenty of people are looking fantastic and, and they'll continue to until they're ready for their coronary bypass. Uh, I, I've got a story, you know, lots of people will say, whether it's in regards to, to how they're living or, uh, or bad habits, you know, whether it's uh, smoking, drinking, um, overeating, it's like, well, at least I'll die happy. Uh, and there's, there's a gentleman just down the street at the Claremont Manor where we do a lot of our work and he's, he's got a wife, they, I, I don't believe uh, either of them are, are 70 years old yet, um, but she's already gone through a triple bypass surgery, she's having heart failure, kidney failure, um, all, all kinds of health issues, diabetes, and, and he, he's, he's talked to me on a number of occasions, and you, they'll, they'll go out to dinner, and she'll order the, the, the steak and potatoes and push the, the broccoli onto his plate, and he gobbles it up, and he reminds her, you know, you gotta take care of yourself, and, and she said that same thing, well, at least I'll die happy. You know, I'll eat how I want, I'll do what I want, at least I'll die happy. And now she's paying the price. And she, he said that on several occasions, she's, she's wished she was dead because of the misery that she's in. And, and I'm not talking about um, uh, unfortunate things that happen to us, diseases that, that we get, but, but the things that we can avoid, the, the health concerns that are from our own fault, from our own mistakes, um, are, are we taking care of what God has given us? You know, we talk about... When, when we give money, and what, what are we doing with it? You know, like, like we said, like what Rod said, are we um, being good with our time? Are we being good with our resources? You know, but we, we'll hear people that, um, you know, stories like Steve Phillips, where he didn't take care of himself, and, and you know, it was such a, such a quick decline, and, um, and you know, and, and what kind of things are we doing that could, that could be avoided, that could continue to make us useful for the Lord? You know, it says that, that bodily exercise profits a little and godliness is profitable unto all things. And, and I say, if you ask me, if you manage your time well, you can do both. You know, does, does that mean that I'm great at it? No. Um, do, do, I, do I enjoy exercise and see the benefits of it? Absolutely. You can ask Melanie the, the times when, when life is busy and, and I can't, you know, I'm not taking care of myself, you know, whether it's with hygiene or whether it's eating right or whether it's exercise. Um, she'll, tell, she'll be the first one to tell you there's, there's a, a stark contrast in my mood, my attitude, um, my willingness to, to spend time with the boys and, and how much more prone I am to just sit down and, and veg out on the TV. 
So I, I can be, you know, a, a testament to, to the benefits of it. Obviously, we do not want it to become uh, a source of vanity. We do not want it to become a, a source of, uh, of idolatry. You know, we don't want to that, that become our priority and everything else falls by the wayside. More or less, every, everything that I'm saying is kind of pointing towards we have to find a balance. Um, and, and if there is an issue with, with actual physical weakness, the Bible says that the Lord uses our weaknesses. Um, a lot of times we, we think of it, at least, or at least I do, uh, more of spiritual weaknesses. Like, well, I'm not gifted in that area, or, or I'm, I'm not good at that, I haven't done it enough. But, but I would say that he would even use our physical, our, our bodily weaknesses in order to, uh, to work good out of it. You know, there's, there's paraplegic or quadriplegic Christian, you know, uh, motivational speakers that are out there every day despite their limitations uh, working for the Lord, and, and plenty of us have our own. And the question is, uh, are we going to allow God to use our weaknesses? Are we going to use our time to further his gospel and to, um, to do what he's asked us to? So more or less, you are a, a prime candidate for the Lord's work, whether you know it or not. And the same capacity um, it is not expected from everybody. You know, you think of the story of the widow with the mites. Um, she didn't have much to give, but she gave all that she could. And there's plenty of, there's plenty of us people here, when, if, if and when we had lots of time, you know, maybe there were times when we did, we, we spent lots of time uh, volunteering at the youth programs and coming to the meetings and, and spending our time wisely outside. And then, then you go through times in life when things get busy. And the question is not just um, what are you doing with your time, but, but what are you doing with your free time? And so for, for some of the, the ladies at the home, the men at the home, um, you know, their, their capabilities are, are far below myself or Ricky, some of the young guys here. So, so more should be expected of us in regards to what we take on. Um, but you know, it, we are not to look down on someone who, who doesn't do a lot because we don't all know their situation. There may be plenty that, that they um, wish they could do that they just don't have the opportunity to. Because when I when I think of myself before before the the era of Melanie, um, there was a window after college uh, when when there was lots going on at the chapel. There was the Monday night Bible study, and there was Boys Brigade and Awana. There was a Wednesday night Bible study. The Weavers were hosting a Bible study at their house and, and on Sunday, and so six days a week I was there. But I still had plenty of free time on top of that. So so it, I wasn't. I wasn't giving all of myself, I was giving of my excess. I was giving of, of you know, the, the, the plenty of time I had, there was still lots, lots of time for me to have my fun and, and do what I wanted to do. Whereas, uh, whereas if, if you asked me to do all that same things now, I'd say it's, it's impossible, there's no way. Um, and it would be much more of a sacrifice of myself than it was at the time. But more or less, we are to give of our first fruits. We, you know, like, um, like God has asked in the Bible on many occasions, we're not to give of our leftovers, we're to give to him first, and then, then the things that are not of him or his will, we can fill in around it. If you think of a, a comparison between bravery and fearlessness. Bravery, you're, you're still scared out of your wits, but you do it. If, if you're fearless, you're not scared of anything, it's not that big of a deal for you to do the, the, same, the same thing that, that somebody who was terrified to do was. It's not the same uh, capacity of, of effort that it takes for, for you versus the other person. Something to think about when we're, when we're trying to uh, improve our time, there's lots that points towards the the, the go and you know have your own private study the 
uh, you know, when in the Bible, when Jesus went to a solitary place to pray, and a lot of times uh, Steve Price will mention, he talks about um, him on his knees in his closet. And, and it says that Jesus went while it was still early. He took of his own time. He didn't take time from, from someone else. He took of his own time. He woke up early. He sacrificed his sleep in order to go into his quiet place, his closet, and, and pray. But he also took 40 days in the wilderness, you know, so um, does, does that mean that uh, uh, we're, we're granted a hiatus of 40 days during the Awana season if we need to? And, um, you know, maybe so. But, um, <laughs> but it, it's, it's more of a, a, a avoiding slothfulness. We don't want to step out, step away from something or, or go and do something else just because we don't feel like it, just because oh, I'm kind of tired, I'm kind of over it. Um, you know, but, but is it for a different benefit? Because Jesus also, on multiple occasions, took his disciples with him to pray. And, and something that I want to um, ask ourselves, especially as, as a father, um, how am I using my time to, uh, to teach my sons? We have, an we have a, a responsibility to set an example with our time. When Jesus took his disciples, that was, that was him setting the example. You know, come, come with me and pray. You know, watch. You know, if you think of your children, and if you go through life, uh, well, I only have my quiet time. You know, I wake up 6.30 before they're asleep. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I pray before they're, or after they're in bed. I do all these things when they're not around, when they're not looking. How are they going to see what it looks like to carve out time for prayer, to carve out time for study in your life, to... Um, to be able to fit into your schedule the things that are important. Because if, if all they see from you is just the, well, we wake up, we have fun, we watch TV, we eat, we go to bed, and they don't see the spiritual aspect, how are they to learn other than a uh, do as I say, don't as I do? Or do, what is it? Do as I say, yeah, do as I say, not as I do. You know, the kind of monkey see, monkey do. Um, I think it was Steve, Steve Witter, right? The one who says the, your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. And kids aren't, kids aren't dumb. They, they pick up on it. doesn't matter what you tell them. Um, if they see you doing the opposite, they'll, they'll call you out on it right away. Um, another little, the, the reason I'm, I'm doing, you know, fun stuff like Willy Wonka um, is I, where were we? Yosemite? Nate Bramson, was that his name? Yeah. He, he used a quote from, from a Disney song, so I, I took that and ran with it. Uh, that, that is my precedence. For, uh, for, for using external uh, non-Christian uh, non sources to, to make a point. Uh, super popular song, The Cat's in the Cradle. You think of your, your time with your kids. My child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away. And he was talking for I knew it. And as he grew, he'd, he'd say, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know I'm going to be like you. My son turned 10 just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, Dad. Come on, let's play. Can you teach me to throw? I said, not today. I got a lot to do. He said, that's okay. And he walked away, but his smile never dimmed. It said, I'm going to be like him. Yeah, you know I'm going to be like him. Well, he came from college just the other day. So much like a man, I just had to say, son, I'm proud of you. Can you sit for a while? He shook his head and he said with a smile, what I really like, Dad, is to borrow the car keys. See you later. Can I have them, please? I've long since retired and my son's moved away. I called him up just the other day. I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. He said, I'd love to, Dad, if I could find the time. You see, my new job's a hassle and the kids have the flu, but it's sure nice talking to you, Dad. It's been sure nice talking to you. And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me, he'd grown up just like me. My boy was just like me. So are, are you 
being the, the father, well, and, and if you don't have kids, are you at, at Awana, are you at Boys Brigade? Are you setting the example that you want these kids to follow? Um, if, if you're a role model to anyone, if you're a guardian, um, they, they're gonna look to you, they're gonna look to imitate you. Uh, I think, it was, it, was it Father's Day you took the message and you, you talked about, Dad, the, um, the, you, you had this window of opportunity for the impact um, that, that you could have on our lives and, and more or less that window was passed at least in the same volume that when we were in the house with you and, uh, and you look back and what, what choices that we're making today on, on how we act and the example we set and, and the, um, the direction that we're pointing our children, what are we gonna look back on and regret and wish we had done differently? Um, we, you know, we're only given this, this small, feeble amount of time and then it's gone. When we use our time, what relationships are being built? Um, if you think of the difference between, between somebody who's, who's writing a biography and, and the person's friend. Uh, the, the person writing the biography knows, knows the, the hospital you were born in, knows the, uh, the, the day, the hour, uh, knows everything, you know, your family tree, he knows everything about you, the, the school you went to, knows every little minute detail, but he doesn't, he doesn't know you for a second. But your best friend knows, oh, if someone says this, this is how he's gonna react. If somebody asks him to do this, he'll, he'll do it you know, instantly, or no, he's a procrastinator. There's, there's a lot of things that you can, you can read the Bible, you can take notes, you can study the Greek and the Hebrew, and you can learn all these things, but if it's all just head knowledge, is it, um, is it, is it an, uh, an excellent use of our time or is it not? Are we building a relationship with Christ or are we just learning a lot of things about him? Are the things that we choose to do uh, causing you know, whether it's our family or our church or our friends to suffer? Are, are we making those, those selfish decisions with our time to where, it, again, it might, be, it might be, you know, quote unquote, the right thing. It might be a totally fine thing to do, but is it for a selfish reason? Um, this, is, this is not, to, not to, to poke fun or to accuse anyone of everything, but if you think of um, people that, that, you know, will go off to, Conferences, the guys that go to Galilee, the, go, the guys that do the discipleship program with Steve and the one uh, that's, that Nick did in Texas, um, there's an immense amount of responsibility with, with what, you know, you're, you're taking all this in and the question is what is going to come of it be, because of that. You know, as a, um, you know, in, in Boys Brigade, the same thing. When we were, were taught all these things, we've gone through the book, um, we've, we've learned all these, uh, all these things on, um, on how to disciple and how to be discipled and how to be godly men. And d does it stop with us or does it continue? Um, are we equipping others to multiply the work? You could think of it as like a Christian pyramid scheme. You know, I've got, I've got my four guys, I've got my six guys, and I make sure that, um, that, that they're all... Uh, they all understand what they're doing and I make sure that they've got six guys beneath them and those six guys have six guys beneath them and it just continues to grow and to grow. Whereas if we, if we kept all this to ourselves and we just, we took and we took and we enjoyed the, the great learning and we enjoyed the great fellowship, but it, but it never left us again, um, would, would that be a, a good use of our time? In 2 Timothy chapter 2, another very familiar verse, Second Timothy chapter two and verse two. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. It doesn't say commit thou to faithful men who are willing to listen. 
but who are, who are able to teach others also. It is something that should be continued, should be passed down over and over and over again. You know, these, um, these guys are so, uh, have been uh, for the last while so passionate about, about discipling, you know, and that's a wonderful thing to see. Um, not just wanting to, to, to glean from the, the older generation and take everything, and like I said, and just stop with, with that. You know, you think of uh, the, the older people in your family and maybe the, the stories that they've left with them and the, um, the knowledge of, of the history of the family that they've taken that we, that we can't access anymore. Um, are, are we going to be like that where we're going to have all these, I don't want to call them secrets, but we're going to have all these uh, things that we know, things that we understand, things that we've learned that, that, could, uh, that could help someone else out through, through a trial, through a difficulty? Are we, are we going to um, just keep that and watch them learn the hard way, or are we going to step in and we going to offer what we know? How are we going to spend our time? But one thing also is that the good that we do uh, should not eclipse the best. And I, I stole that quote, so I'm not going to take credit for that. But the good should not eclipse, eclipse the best. Um, and, and for me, that is the, uh, the fact of evangelism, the fact of winning souls. No matter what we're doing, spending time here, building each other up, building the children up, uh, the, the best is uh, the salvation of unbelievers. In Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1, we'll read a few verses, starting in verse 34. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. And in the morning, rising up a great while before the day, he went out and departed unto a solitary place and there prayed. Well, I guess I should have read that earlier. Um, and Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for you. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. So he, he understood that there was, there was a time in this city to, to stay. He preached his gospel. He healed sick. He fed you know, hungry. He, he did all these things. But he knew that you know, my, my goal is not to just, just stick to my little close group here and we're just going to build each other up and we're going to get better and we're going to get smarter, but also to, to, to go out and to spread the news even further. The Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost, Luke 19.10. And I won't make you turn there because I just read it. Um, something, though, that, that a lot of people have talked about, thought about, and, and worried about is, is the idea of burnout. Uh, you know, if, if we do too much too fast without enough uh, recovery or without enough uh, 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 being put back into ourselves, you know, the, the saying is you can't pour from an empty cup. So here again we have another challenge. Um, we have each been given gifts as part of the body of Christ, and that's in, that is backed up in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. If I can find it. These tiny books. Ephesians, where did I say chapter 4? Lost my place. Yep, 4, 11 and 12. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And, and I, I like the idea of a body. You know, we already talked about our physical body and being good stewards of the body. Now we're, now we're looking at the body of Christ. Uh, the question is, is there atrophy in the body at this chapel? Are there parts of the body that, that have, have just um, become useless because of lack of use? Are there 
are there body parts missing in our in our ministries? Uh, you know, because we understand that God has has placed each and every one of us here for a reason. He's given us a gift to help the body, um, and are all of those being used to their fullest uh, extent? Or you know, or, or are we uh, Christian? I guess you could call it couch potatoes. And another uh, from from a famous doctor, Dr. Seuss. The the waiting place. You know, we think of of people who um, might be just just at, you know at, at home because there was a good TV show on rather than coming to help. You know, and like and there are plenty of people with plenty of good reasons why they can't offer every minute of every day. You know, for every event that's at the chapel. Um, but the waiting place, it, says, it calls it a useless place for people just waiting, waiting for a train to go, or a bus to come, or a plane to go, or the mail to come, or the rain to go, or the phone to ring, or the snow to snow, or waiting around for a yes or a no, or waiting for their hair to grow. Everyone is just waiting, waiting for the fish to bite, or waiting for wind to fly a kite, or waiting around for Friday night, or waiting perhaps for their Uncle Jake, or a pot to boil, or a better break or a string of pearls, or a pair of pants, or a wig with curls, or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. And are we wasting our time waiting? Are we waiting until, until it seems like Awana is in a dire enough need that, well, it's not going to happen this year if I don't help? Or are we, uh, are, are we looking for opportunities uh, to use our time in an, in an intelligent way for the Lord, what he would want us to do? There's a, a song from Casting Crowns that many of you would be familiar with. You haven't, probably haven't heard it for a decade or so. It says, if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing them there is a way? You know, and I, I wonder, would we, have, would we ever have issues with burnout if everyone gave the proper amount of themselves that they can give. If everyone gave their two mites, would we have people who are, uh, who are overworked? We heard from Steve this morning, what did he say? There was 179 people in his church and 10, 10 people doing the lion's share. And it, I, don't, I don't think a single one of us were surprised. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not an uncommon, uh, uncommon thing for a, a, small, a small portion to be doing, uh, of, the, of the community to be doing a large portion of the work. Uh, but, but one thing, Again, I don't want to, you know, I don't want everyone to leave here thinking, uh, like, oh, he's just trying to get more help at Awana. He's just trying to get us to do this. Um, but Jesus did not let uh, demands or expectations control his time. Um, the Pharisees wanted him to stop. The sick and hungry wanted to be healed and fed. Uh, even his disciples in Matthew chapter 19, 14, those closest to him who should have known the most about him still had expectations for for him or, or, or thought that he would have wanted something and they were wrong. Matthew 19, verse 14. It's a very short verse. Or starting in verse 13. Then there were brought unto him little children that he should put his hands on them and pray, and the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Suffer little children, suffer little children, and forbid them not to come unto me, for as for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, the, the apostles thought, he doesn't, have, he doesn't have time for this. This isn't a good use of, of the Lord's time. Can't you see he's got more important things to do? But, but Christ doesn't, doesn't just let them push them away, you know, despite what he wanted. He didn't let any of these people uh, affect the, the use of his time. You know, are, are we quick to, to ask or expect things from others? Uh, do we volunteer other people? Uh, do, we, do we guilt them into, into doing work? Um, or is our time first spent being an example, being, being a servant leader? 
Uh, we'll look at two different verses. Galatians chapter 1. That can't be right. That clock is fast. I'm, I'm almost at the end. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Are, are we uh, giving our time because of someone else? Are we giving time because, uh, because the Lord has, has convinced us that that is uh, how we should be spending our time? Colossians chapter 3 and verse 24 Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward for your inheritance. The reward of the inheritance, sorry. For you serve the Lord Christ. You do not serve, uh, you do not serve the, the leaders of ministries. You do not serve the elders. You do not serve um, you, your friends here at the chapel. You are here to serve the Lord. Um, and, and again, I, I'm not here to tell you you're doing too much, to tell you you're doing too little, to tell you you're doing it the wrong way. Um, but if nothing else, I just hope that you uh, will all examine uh, what you do, why you do it, uh, if it's enough or if it's too much. You know, uh, just a, a few examples of, of things that, that will catch my eye. We, uh, we all get together, what is it, the last, last Sunday of, of every month, and we've got our birthday dinners, and, and you can't tell me that, that that fellowship isn't some kind of little extra incentive to come here because we've all been there, and we all know that those Sunday nights are the most popular. Uh, are, are, are we here, you know, the, the highest numbers we have are on those Sunday nights with dinners, and are we here... Um, really to enjoy the fellowship, or are we here because there's bound to be a good meal because we have such great cooks here? Um, is something else I, I thought of is is uh, a, a few times ago there was a men's fellowship dinner, a men's fellowship luncheon here, and and the, the women cooked, and I thought, what are they doing here? I was like, we, we've never shown up to a women's fellowship to cook for them. You know, are are we expecting things from people that we are not willing to reciprocate? Um, you know, if, if you think that if the eloquent speakers that will have come to the pulpit, if the, if the good music, if the food were all taken away and all we were left to do was gather around the word of God, would we have the same numbers? Um, is our, are we here? Are we, are we committing our time because it's, because it's fun, because there's people here we like, um, just because we, it's expected of us? Or are we here for the love of God? Um, like I said, the key is balance what we commit to do, and what we ask others to do. And one last quote from, from the, same, the same famous doctor. So be sure when you step, step with care and great tact, and remember that life's a great balancing act. Um, there's, there's nothing else that, that I can think to say um, that hasn't been said tonight, but I just, I just uh, pray that, that we all take from this just maybe a little more thought, a little more time uh, into what we're doing and why we're doing it. Let's look to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for, uh, for your word. We thank you for the example that your son is, Lord. We, we do know that um, despite all our good, good works, Lord, uh, your angels rejoice for every soul that comes into your kingdom. We are just so grateful for the message that your son brings, and we just look forward to spending an eternity with him. We just ask that while we are here on earth, Lord, that we will make the most of our time that we will give the most that we can to our family uh, at home, our family here at the church, uh, to those who, who need our help. And we just pray that you will soften our hearts for the needs here at the chapel and the needs here of the believers. And we ask this in your son's name. Amen.